Lana and Rich Kwok, and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. here caroline with a k with my two special guests lana and rich kwok who's a power couple from san jose california investing in real estate for over 20 years um so they started off in the commercial real estate space and now they have some development projects three airbnbs and they've been flipping houses since 2012. so they're primarily focused on commercial properties for their own portfolio and they love helping first-time home buyers and multifamily investors get started in real estate. So welcome, Lana and Rich. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, super excited to get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, so we always start off the show with the Kiss Me segment where I ask you four questions for me and the 402 to kind of get to know you guys a little bit better. So the first question is, what was the first album that you purchased? So... Um First album I purchased, uh, I'm pretty old. It's Jim Blossoms. I just, I just love that band. And then for me, honestly, being an immigrant, uh, I didn't buy records. We, I would go to my sister's room. We would listen to the radio and just record what we liked that came up and waited for our favorite song um, on a cassette tape. And for me, that was Mariah Carey. I think at the time. What song was that? Um, Always Be My Baby, I think. That was the song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a banger. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. So I've had, like, I always notice first. So I had someone on here before that their first um, CD, it wasn't a CD, it was an eight track. And then I had Mm -hmm. somebody else who, like, has never bought a CD because he's only bought music, like, on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Uh And then you're the first one that's, like, you've recorded your songs on cassette. Free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. So the next question is, what is the biggest challenge that held you guys back from investing in real estate? Um, I would say for us, it was just not having a mentor, not having someone to guide us through what we should, when we had money, what should we do with it? Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think with the immigrants, parents, we were taught to just go to school, get your degree, and buy your first house and pay it off. That's it, you know? So I think that mentorship is really important. Yeah, 100%. Um, how old were you, Lana, when you came to the U.S.? When I was three. Oh, okay. Where'd you, where are you from originally? Vietnam. Oh, cool, okay. Um, so what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you guys? Oh, others don't know. Hmm. What? I don't know. Took up sewing. Does that count? We learned how to manage our kids' remote classes. Um, we learned how to memorize complicated Zoom passwords. You memorize those passwords? You have, you have no choice. Sometimes you'll be out of town or you're in the car and you just have to go oh. go in on the fly. Yeah. Not the link, oh, so but the passwords. so you guys were the... Pa- I'm sorry? Not the link, but the passwords, you know? 
No, that's insane. Like, you guys are the parents who you're like, oh, um, can you, like, because I'm a teacher, right? So, like, we would have some parents sometimes that they're like, yeah, we're not going to be on Zoom for a whole week, but you guys would go away and then still have your kids in class while yep. you're away. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Education's important. Yeah. Even when we're driving in a car, going to Yosemite, wherever, they're on their, their class. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We would have appreciated you here out in New York. <laughs> Um, yeah, because most parents are like, yeah, no, they're not going to be in class this week. And then some parents would play the joke of like, oh, we have COVID. And then the kid comes back to school and they're like, no, we were out of town. We went to Florida. No, no, education is important. Yep. And we try to teach them that, you know, it's important to, to make your appointments, be there on time, not just slack off, you know, even though you have important things, you know, you're on vacation, but you still have to do that important stuff, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, And then what is... Okay, so you said memorizing the Zoom passwords and learning sewing. That's pretty cool. I don't know many dads that can sew, so power to you. (laughs) What Was there anything in particular that you learned to do? Me, no. Honestly, I spent my (laughs) pandemic just doing nothing in a way. You know what I mean? I didn't learn any new skills, but just taking care of the business and you know, growing. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, professionally, or? Physically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you like professionally, just working on the business more um, because real estate was shut down for a couple of months for us. Okay. So that helped us focus more on the family and then mental health and, you know, just balancing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it definitely... Um pushes people and it like it gives you perspective right of like Mm -hmm. yep you know 80 years from now what is actually going to matter here what am I going to care about I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people got a little bit more introspective during the pandemic so that that is absolutely something yep and then finally what is your favorite quote so um I say this quote a lot and I even um I even say to clients too which is kind of weird but it's a Bruce Lee quote. It says, if you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. So that is one of my favorite quotes, mm-hmm. um, especially when clients can't make a decision. They're stuck. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I think I feel like a lot of people nowadays, they try, they want to do something, but all these opinions, right? They have to ask this person, that person, and then in the end, nothing gets done because they can't make a decision. So I think that's a a problem with a lot of a lot of people right now. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, like one of our projects has a sixty three percent return uh, for that project, which is good. But then the person's asking, "Oh, what's a typical return? Like, does it matter? <laughs> this is sixty three percent." So you know, people just like they get into analysis paralysis mode, and then sometimes we have to remind them that execution is really key. And I think that's what we're we're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, that's, I think a, a lot of times what happens is, and I've been look, doing a lot of self-reflection, and I realize that a lot of the answers we all have within ourselves, but we're constantly seeking out validation from someone else, when in reality, like, you know, someone um, gave a presentation and she was talking about how certain things that she does now she thinks about okay does this make me go ooh, like I don't want to do this or am I 
when I hear about it or when I think about what it is I'm going to do, do I go, ah, like, okay, yeah, I want to go do that, you know? Because so, some things will light us up and then some things are just like, ah, I don't want to mess with that. So I, I could see that. Um, all right. So with all that being said, uh, you guys said, I mentioned that you guys are based out of San Jose. So is that where you're primarily investing? Um, yeah, we started investing in um, actually Campbell, which is near San Jose. And then um, we eventually kind of just went out of state. And mm -hmm. I think we have like 12 states now. Mm -hmm. Yep. For commercial. And we, mm -hmm. and we still have some. Uh, our Airbnbs are in California. So, okay. yeah, we, you know, we started locally. And then as we got more comfortable investing, mm -hmm. um, especially with the commercial triple nets, then we started to look out of state. Oh, wow. Cool. And can I ask, um, I, forgive me, I'm a little bit ignorant. Where is San Jose in California? Silicon Valley, uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so um, knowing all that, tell us, me and the 402, what was your first deal ever in real estate since you guys have such a colorful background now? Like, where did you start off or how did you start off? If you're talking about investment, uh, we started off actually in the worst area in San Jose. So we, Rich and I, we um, we have Thursday game night with our friends, and we had a friend. Warcraft. <laughs> we had a friend that um, wanted to invest, so we're like, okay, let's each put in fifty thousand, and we bought this really ghetto fourplex in. In the place where, you know, the city actually makes the HOA have armed guards. So it's that bad. Um, we were able to buy it for cheap, like 400000 I think, four fifty something like that. Uh, kept it for a couple years and then was able to bury it. At the time, that was not a, a thing. It's but, a but basically, uh, the house went up to 900000 And we're like, we took cash out, took, I think, 200000 out. So we got our equity back, right? And then we bought another one in the same area, um, I think for another like 400. 400 something, yeah. And then um, we just kept doing that. So that was our first deal, which gave birth to four other deals, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. and Go then eventually we traded it to um, commercial properties, especially because rent control was just so crazy. So, um, when rent control passed, we literally sold our last fourplex mm -hmm. and ventured out of state. So let's go back a little bit and unpack that. When you say that the first property you guys bought, like it, they have to have armed guards. Like I thought guns are illegal in California or what? what's um, up with that? No, it's not illegal in California. I think you can as long as these are like real policemen that oh. or security guards that have guns, you know. So I think they're a company that you hire um, mm -hmm. to walk around and drive around the neighborhood because oh, wow. the neighborhood had a lot of gang members. They had a lot of drugs, you know, things like that. So. And then how did you guys decide, like, why did you pick that area? And I mean, it's all started with you had some friends in your game night and you're like, let's just put money together and buy something together. So, like, tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more, like, how did, you know, what I mean, like, were you guys... Did you have W two jobs that you were doing something else, and then you, like, how did that all 
pan out or you know what i mean so um let's see lana was working as a recruiter i was i i had an hp job uh w2 job heavy really high income um and then eventually when i lost my job after 9 11 because i'm pretty old then um I kind of don't look it though. They can't. The <laughs> audience can't see you, but you both look very young. Thanks. Um, yeah. So when when that happened, I decided not to go back to the workforce because, um, you know, as an engineer back then, making two hundred fifty thousand, that was really hard to get another job. Like you could only get a hundred thousand, let's just say, um, or less. So for me, I had all this money saved up, and you know, we kind of said, hey, you know what? We, first, I bought my fourplex um, before I met Lana, and um, so I used that money there, and I bought a condo. Just, just kind of, I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of tried different things. And then um, a couple of years later, you know, while I'm dating Lana, then yeah, we did have the game night, and you know, we just said, hey, you know, it's a fourplex for four hundred thousand. That's a hundred thousand per unit. That's not too bad. Um, it's a short sale, so we had to do some negotiations uh, with the banks, and uh, we bought it. We successfully closed it. Someone saw that we closed it, and so they said, hey, I got one too, and so we bought theirs. And so as it, as it went up in value, we took cash out, but ultimately the decision was, hey, we want something different. Our partner is a W-2 partner, and he wanted something different. He wanted to build his retirement portfolio, and um, everybody likes passive income. So he read those Rich Dad books. You know, we did too, and we just executed. That's awesome. This sounds pretty easy. Were there any hiccups as far as so talk to the audience a little bit about, you know, the short sale and how that works. And um, at the time when you guys bought this, like what year was this? Um, I want to say it was 2011. And oh. the short sale, um, it's where you negotiate with the bank. Um, and, you know, yeah. basically on behalf of the seller, in essence, because the seller owes so much money. So let's say they bought their fourplex for nine hundred thousand, then the value crash, it's worth four hundred. You basically have to as a buyer, you basically have to go in and see if the bank will accept, you know, a, a discounted payoff on that value. So that process takes forever, especially if they have two loans. Um and um, you know, it's a win win for them because they get out of a bad situation. It's a win win for us because, you know, we get the fourplex. Um agents get paid, they're happy. They don't have to do the work, but just the calling the banks and stuff, you know, with the call every, every couple of days, make sure that they're not going to foreclose on us, uh, on the seller. And, you know, we lose that opportunity. So that process is tedious, but we're kind of used to that. You know, we're kind of used to that, especially since, um, we've always have been lucky to have, um, employees that work for us and assistants and, you know, they're able to do follow-ups and things like that. So that process was pretty straightforward. Some of the challenges were qualifying, like um, obviously being self-employed in 2011 uh, and being in real estate, our income took a hit. So our partner, um, you know, was nice enough to help us qualify for the loans. And, you know, eventually years later, we helped him qualify, you know, because of our portfolio. So, you know, it's kind of like you have to have faith and belief and trust you have to have trust you know in the partnership and you also have to have a common goal so you guys have to decide like hey you know what are we what are we striving towards is the goal to own 10 fourplexes uh you know 100 doors you know or or is it just to like build a nice comfortable retirement so those are basically the things that we have to outline and being able to see the partner every week kind of helped reaffirm that this is a good partnership 
and that uh, you know we discuss any types of concerns. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys have to do any work on that fourplex? Um, all the time, <laughs> you know. Um, oh. I had already owned a fourplex since two thousand five, so I already had some vendors. Like literally, um, I had no money, so we would just slap asphalt onto a flat roof, which is apparently what you do anyway. So, um, you know, we kind of just winged it. We learned some good contractors, some bad contractors, you know. So we just, we've always dealt with contractors and... Handyman. Handyman and, you know, things like that. So we got a ton of experience just just from that. And, um, you know, we learned a lot of things along the way. Like, you know, sometimes you need to have a backflow device in in the basement if the lowest level is below a certain point. You know, stuff that that a normal person <laughs> wouldn't want to know. So, yeah, so we had to do a lot of work, but ultimately, um, as the investment appreciated, the work paid off because tenants move, we had to fix up their unit, but you're getting more rent, and um, the goal is just to get the market rent, as close to market rent as you can. So at the time, like, did you guys, since you had to use a partner to help you qualify, like, did you already have tenants in them, and were you planning to live in one of the units, or this was purely investment, and... Um, like, did you have to evict anybody? What What was that like, like the tenant management and property management portion of buying that first property? So the first fourplex that um, that I had already in 2005, yeah, I planned to live in there for, because I really didn't know what to do. I planned to live in there, but then, um, you know, I only had to live there for a year. Not many people know this. You only have to live in a unit for a year to actually get an owner-occupied uh, loan. And, you know, it's not like you have to live there forever. So what you what you could do strategically is you could as a tenant cycle, you could you know move to their unit, rent out the one that you were staying in, and kind of do like a a round robin type of thing, and eventually you hit market rent. So that fourplex in two thousand five that I got for eight sixty, we sold it at its peak uh, for two point one five in two thousand eighteen. Wow. Rents went from a thousand per unit to I think twenty three hundred per unit. Um, one bedrooms. Yeah, no, these are two bedrooms, two bedrooms in Campbell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. What we did too. Did the area improve? Did the area improve? Kind of, maybe like 20%. (laughs) I I would say it's just the market, you know, and then we improved the units. Yeah, the units were all. We remodeled other units. Yeah, extensive remodels, just like crazy projects. Here's a little tip. Um, We actually drew parking lines. Because the, the, the fourplexes had extra spaces. So we drew parking lines. We charged 50 bucks a month for parking because not every tenant needed it. And um, we were able to increase the cash flow of the property by doing that so that, the end, so that the new buyer says, hey, you know, I'm getting the parking rent too. Mm. Wow. It's pretty impressive. So, you know, from that experience, what would you guys say is like a tip or a suggestion that you would give to someone looking to get started, right? The Right now the market is a little bit unstable and there are a lot of people who are afraid of getting into real estate, right? So what would be a suggestion or tip since you guys have seen the market cycle, you know, with 20 years of experience, you've seen the highs and the lows. Um, so what's one suggestion that you might give out to the 402? Um, I think it kind of goes back to the quote which is if you spend too much time thinking about a thing you'll never get it done so um i would say execute because in reality what we learned is pretty interesting we learned that if the value were to drop you can negotiate with your lender 
right? We also learned um, along the way that you can move sideways. So if you don't like the property, because there's intrinsic value um, that's a lot more stable than um, NFTs, for example, then you could exit, you could, you could do a sideways move, you could move from San Jose to Campbell, San Jose to Sunnyvale, you know, like you could, you could do sideways moves because you've, you've probably, by staying there for you, you probably improve the unit somehow, either you fix it up or whatever. And the other thing is um, try to get a uh, owner occupied loan because you can get maximum leverage. You can basically borrow typically like 85%. So you only have to do 15% down. Uh, people always say, where do I get the, you know, I only have 10% down. Well, cut a deal with your parents or your rich uncle because he can't get an owner-occupied loan. So, you know, you say, uncle, um, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, if you can put down 5%, you know, I'll split the proceeds or I'll give you a percentage. You can always cut a deal like that. Um, and, you know, he might even help you along the way. He might be that mentor that you're looking for. So there's got to be someone uh, in the family that, that, you know, has real estate experience that's always looking to help, um, you know, the relative along the way. So look for that person. And then in the end, map out what you need to achieve. So for us, you know, we do it with commercial investments. You know, we say, okay, how much do we have to raise? What's the goal? What's the return? Okay, well, it's a 9% return. Um, we had a deal during that pandemic. It was 15% return. We were able to raise like $400,000 in like a week. So it, it's, so if the deal's good, the, uh, the partners will come, mm -hmm. you know, and then you just kind of build together. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the market is shifting, but just buy if the ROI, the ROI makes sense. That's it. You know, it doesn't matter what market you're in. If it makes sense, just do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so with all that being said, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. If the 402 is interested in linking up with you and, you know, talking to you guys more about your area or how to invest with you guys, where can they find you they can go to our website richandlana.com um, that's our real estate and then you can message us there or check us out on youtube we have a channel as well rich and lana mm -hmm. yep and instagram rich and lana <laughs> <laughs> and instagram too mm -hmm. yes yeah okay perfect so thank you once again guys for coming on the show yeah. i appreciate you taking the time and that's all folks thank you 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday. Bye.